everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Health Voyagers podcast series. A bit of a role reversal today. My colleague and partner in crime, uh, David Sylvan, has asked me to lead a little bit today. I'm Brian Rothstein from UH Ventures. As you know, we are the innovation, commercialization, and investment platform here at University Hospitals. Really excited about our podcast today, David. We have a really uh, fun guest, someone that we have gotten to know very closely over the last few months. Um, And so without further ado and without um, prescribing anything here, I'm going to let our friend DJ introduce himself. DJ, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your background so our listeners know who's with us today. I would, I would love that. Yeah, it was a, a, doc, a doctor saying, don't prescribe. I like that. <laughs> no, I went with yeah. that. I'm just giving your background. So <laughs> That's right. Uh, so DJ Eitzen, uh, president and co-founder of Limitless Minds. Uh, we're a mindset and wellness technology company and um, live right here in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I have five children, which uh, we'll talk a little bit about mindset today. You can imagine having five five children, uh, having the right mindset skills is important with that. Um, So I've I've been, uh, I was in the healthcare industry for 18 years, working with pharmaceutical companies, doing everything from a summer intern, you know, carrying the bag, I did training and then I led on a, a local, regional and national level. And um, I, I, I realized really quickly that skill set is important, but you have to have the right mindset if you want to be great and started a company with uh, a couple other co-founders, Harry Wilson and Russell Wilson, Super Bowl winning quarterback uh, who plays now for the Denver Broncos. And uh, we started this, this, this mindset company to help people bring uh, what has worked in professional sports and, and, and bring it into business and have the right mindset to optimize your performance and really show up the best version of yourself. So that's who I am. And uh, yeah, excited to be on the Health Voyager podcast for sure. Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, David, one of the things that we talk a lot about in our work here at the Ventures platform is really being creative and changing perspective, mindset culture of innovation and those things. In your discussions that you've had so far with DJ, and obviously we're gonna get into it pretty deep with him about Limitless Minds and and what they're trying to do in terms of transforming the way that organizations think about mindset. What are the key things that stood out to you that got you really excited? You know, Brian, uh, first of all, hey, Brian, thanks for having me, DJ. Great to to be with you. Yes. I think a lot about performing and performance here uh, at, at at the hospital. It's, it's mm-hmm. critical that we, uh, in quotes, perform at the top of our game in order to positively impact patient outcomes. Um, but it's very difficult for us to think about how we appropriately and adequately prepare ourselves, train ourselves for peak performance from an emotional, psychological perspective. Mm-hmm. People get it very readily when you talk about physical preparation. And when we think about the athlete in the traditional sense, um, we think about the weight room and we think about their, their performance on field and we think about hand, eyeball and all of those things. But the most important and critical uh, uh, muscle, and Brian, I know it's not a muscle, but muscle <laughs> that has to be trained is, of course, uh, above the shoulder and uh, shoulders. And I think... That's what really resonated for me from the perspective of my first interaction with DJ, his team and their platform. It's, it's a unique delivery modality. Uh, it's, it's somewhat intuitive. Um, and 
in as much as it's digital, it's also very personal. I think yeah. those things all resonated for me. And maybe DJ, I'll ask yeah. you, you know, you 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 did the crosswalk when you when it came to this product build from sports to 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 platform, you know, riff a little bit about that sort of connectivity between the disciplines. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. You know, when when Russell first you know entered into the NFL um, as a five foot ten quarterback, uh, he he realized very quickly, and this was this was uh, you know right right after the, the or actually during the draft, he he met Trevor Moad. Uh, who became his mental conditioning coach uh, ultimately, but they he realized very quickly he had to do something different to be able to uh, number one get drafted and get into the NFL, but number two have a successful career. And so he put a focus on his mind from day one to give himself a competitive advantage. And he goes in, he gets drafted to whatever third round, um, isn't supposed to start for the Seattle Seahawks, and and ends up starting and you know, having a, having a great, you know, 10 years there. Um, and so, but, but it started there at him realizing, Hey, listen, if I, if I want to be different, um, you know, again, I, I can't just focus on my skill set. I have to focus on, like you said, what, what's, what's above my shoulders. And so we, we, we took that concept and we said, like, how can you train your mind? Like a lot of athletes train their body and how can you send people to the, to the, to the mental gym? on a regular basis. And there was an article that just recently came out that, that uh, called us the Peloton for mental fitness. Um, you know, and what, what that means is, is that we, we have the ability to, to bring coaches, content and community uh, to our customers and, and, be, and build into them in a way that no matter what the challenge is, no matter what kind of changes they're going through. I mean, you can imagine in this environment, there's a lot of adversities and pressures. Um, we can equip them so that they have the right tools to navigate through those things. And I mean, I think you guys can probably attest to this. Your best, some of your best workers uh, that you've worked side by side with, or you know, maybe even worked for, um, some of the folks that worked uh, you know, you know, underneath you and, and that you've been able to lead. Um, one thing they, they probably have in common is that when one of these adversities or challenges or changes come up, that they're, they're able to navigate through it. And they probably are doing things, whether they're reading books, uh, they, whether they have mentors, uh, whether you know, they're, they're tapping into information, the different articles that they're reading, they're doing something to better themselves. And so what we've been able to do is democratize that. What, you know, so you don't have to make millions of dollars to have a mental conditioning coach. And we're able to put that in, in the, the palm of people's hands and, and, at biz, and for businesses, we're able to give them, um, you know, access to these coaches via Zoom through through some of our workshops and and our coaching sessions that we that we hold online. DJ, building on that point, can you really drill down on you know what are the key problems that you're trying to address in workforce resiliency? Like, yeah. you know, if you had to, if you were this is certainly not the sales pitch side of it, but you know the things that you've learned in your career working in the pharmaceutical space, working with some of the companies and organizations that you guys are working with now. You know what are the challenges that companies bring to you, and how do you guys address those? That's part one, and I'm going to give you a part two, and we can remind you on part two if necessary. <laughs> you have a huge amount of experience in healthcare, right, mm -hmm. from your background. How does this apply to healthcare? And are there differences in the healthcare workforce 
that you think um, need something like this or you know, need tools that, that really help focus on resiliency and, me- and mental health more than other places? Yeah, it's uh, yeah another another great question. I mean, you know, I, I can I'll just reference, you know, the calls I, w- I was on this morning. You know, we were, we're talking to a, a major Fortune 500 uh, pharmaceutical company and I was talking to one of their frontline leaders. And, you know, the things that that he's struggling with is, is number one, how do how do how do I keep my my most talented people? How do I keep them engaged? Um, you know, they're launching uh, a number of oncology products that they're going to bring to market. And with that, there's going to be a lot of change. Um, and, and people see change as, a, you know, a lot of times as a negative thing, but ne- change is actually a neutral term. And I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about neutral and neutral thinking, but it, it really isn't positive or negative. It just is what it is. And so he's having trouble, you know, how do I make sure that as, the, as, the, as these changes come about, that my people are processing it in a way that they're able to get behind the right actions and behaviors that will drive their performance. And so, and so, you know, whether it's turnover, whether it's change management in those specific cases, um, your, the, the second part of your question is healthcare is always, it, it moves so fast. It's, it, it's, it's always evolving. It's always changing. There's always new things that are coming to, to, um, to coming into play. Um, you have a situation now too, where there's, there's a lot of turnover, uh, you know, in, with nurses and, and some of the staff that's, um, that's involved in, in healthcare. And so giving people and equipping people uh, and giving them resources in this area is, is really, really important. And I think, I think that, um, you know, that, that's been the conversations that we've had with, uh, you know, these healthcare companies and the, and the leaders in, in that industry. So, so DJ, you know, one of the stories that you shared the first time we met, it was with a broader audience, really resonated. It was this notion, uh, broadly speaking, of how uh, self-perception, positive self-perception can actually put you on a path towards success. And it's as critical as uh, the, the rest of your, your training, your conditioning, your, your environment, your experience, et cetera. Yeah. Could you share that story uh, or, or at least, uh, you know, a, a brief version thereof? Because I think it's a very, very powerful lesson. Yeah, for, for sure. And I appreciate you asking that, David, because the, the story, it means even more to me today than it did when I heard it five years ago. Um, one of our late co-founder, Trevor Moad, uh, who, um, who passed away of, of cancer uh, a year ago um, after a two-year battle, uh, used to tell this story, um, and and it actually his his father. It's it's funny just to give you some context. Trevor Moad, his father was Bob Moad, one of the original authors for Chicken Soup for the Soul. So Trevor Trevor would get a seminar every night at the dinner table around mindset. He would hear a lot of different stories, and and actually I think this story originally came from his father. And you know, so when he used to tell it, he would he would he would say, you know, there was a, a story about a young man that was really struggling to succeed in in high school. And it was near expulsion. I mean, he was hanging out with all the wrong people, doing all the wrong stuff. But he promised his mom that he would take the SAT. Um, And you guys know what the SAT is. I I think a lot of times in Ohio, though, they they do a lot with the ACT. But the SAT had uh, two two sections, a math, and I think it was a verbal. And each of them were 800 points apiece, totaling up to 1,600. 
And so, um, he, you know, he took he took the test to please his mom. And to his surprise, he, he found out that he got a 1480 out of 1600. And like like any good mom with a with a kid like this, who was, you know, really not supposed to get a score like this. She she asked him, hey, did, did you cheat? And, and the young man said, yeah, well, I tried to cheat, mom, but the, the chairs, the way they were spread out and, and the, the Scantron bubbles, you guys remember the Scantron bubbles, uh, you know, I could, couldn't, couldn't, you know, quite see my neighbor's work. And she's like, no, I, I didn't cheat. And, but at this point, he began to believe that he was actually smart and had a gift. So what he started doing, he started attending class, he started hanging out with the right, you know, the, the right people. And his teachers even started to begin to notice. And so they gave him extra resources and spent extra time and poured into him. So after high school, he was able to go to a four-year college. Then he went to an Ivy League school and eventually became one of the world's most famous and uh, entrepreneurs um, in the world. Um, so, so many people think that that's, that's where the story ends. But actually, it, it, this is where it begins because 12 years after receiving his SAT score, he received a letter. And so what the SAT board periodically does is they review their test taking procedures, their policies. And in their study, they found that he was one of 13 people, David, that was sent the wrong SAT score. His, his actual score was a 740 out of 1600. So, so, so many people will say, and this is, you know, Trevor used to say like that this SAT score was what changed his life, but it, in actuality, it was when he started acting like a 1480. That that's really what changed his life. And, and what do 14, you know, 80 students do? They go to class. They put themselves around the right people. They do all the things that it takes to be successful. And so when when Trev would tell that story, it was it was just underscored how powerful mindset is. How powerful, you know, doing after you have the right mindset, getting behind the right actions and behaviors to get your intended result, like I had mentioned earlier. And, and it's really what we based our program and, and platform around. So I'm, I'm so excited that you asked that question because it is a story that our, our teachings are, are rooted in. Do we know who the person is, DJ? You know what, he never shared that. He never shared, he never shared who the person was. Um, and, I, and quite honestly, I never asked <laughs> who the person was, but uh, yeah. It, it might actually spoil the narrative if we don't. <laughs> right, right. But it's, it's so true though, right? I mean, I think there's so many times where you've had challenge, any one of us have had challenges in our lives and someone has said to you, you know, work hard, trust your instincts and trust mm -hmm. yourself. And if you do those things, you can be successful. You know, I have those conversations with people who are interested in going to medical school all the time. And I talk to high school students and college students. And they say, you know, how hard is medical school? And Yes, medical school is challenging because there's a tremendous amount of information that you have to be able to get through, collate, and sometimes just verbatim spit back. But it's really just about your ability to focus and your ability to will yourself to do the work. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that most people, and this is for any, really any higher level education, I think that if you can convince yourself that you can do the work, that you can learn. Yes. Now, whether you can do it in practice is a different thing. And that's okay because there are certain jobs that I think some people are better at than others um, and certain roles that people excel at for lots of different reasons, personality, ability, all those types of things. But when it comes just to, to the point that you made about the physical ability to sit and do, 
I think that we have the, we can convince ourselves that we're capable um, and, and that we need that direction sometimes. And sometimes it's just a little bit of inspi- yeah. inspiration that comes from unique places. Um, well, no, you're right, Brian. And, and I, I think, I mean, I mean, you had to, you had to go through a lot of tests and schooling, right. To get to where you're at. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if you were at the, you know, the, the number one student or if you were at the bottom <laughs> of the class. Right. I, I don't I don't I don't know. I know you're an intelligent, smart guy. The, the reality of it is, though, for you to get to where you're at with the responsibility, not only being a physician, but the leadership roles that you've taken, it, it takes it takes more than just getting a good test score. And and so what what when you start to unpack you know, who Brian is, who David is, who some of the, the best entrepreneurs that we get a chance to, to interact with, some of the best companies in the world that we get a chance to interact with, you start to see that fundamentally that they, they, they look at things and accept the, the environment for what it is, and then they figure out ways and get behind those ways to be able to get to their success, you know, to, to, to success or to their goals. And, um, and you can unpack that whether you're a physician, an entrepreneur, you're leading a company, or you're an individual contributor. So DJ, you you transitioned from the relative safety of a, a great career with a steady income and a bonus structure and a 401k. Yes, sir. And, and all of the kids that you just mentioned. <laughs> the and, and a wife like, of 18 years. Yep. <laughs> That's decided, right. You know what? This is just way too safe. I'm going to do something that all that risk, including my own mental health. I'm going to I'm going to do a startup. Yeah. Talk to us about what made you feel like this was the right time, the right thing, and that you knew you could do this. Yeah, it was, you know, it, it was a it was about a year and a half journey before we actually launched the company officially. And over that year, year and a half, you know, I, I talked to a lot of mentors. I was at the time still in pharmaceuticals. I was talking to people that I trusted, my you know, past leaders that I worked under, my pastor and, 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 and my wife, you know, who was a huge influence uh, on this decision um, because we had a baby on the way. We actually had four at the time and we had one, one baby on the way. And I come to her just with exactly what you just said, David, which when you verbalize it sounds ridiculous, right? Like you have, you have a great career and you're about to go out to really where there's nothing is guaranteed. We, you know, I, I, you know, I wasn't going to get a paycheck and didn't get a paycheck for the first couple months. Um, and um, and I remember a conversation I had with my wife after, you know, going, you know, over all the pros and cons of this over a year's time. And and she 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 actually asked me a question and she said, um, when has God not provided? And and. And she just kind of looked at me and then walked out of the room. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You're right. I, I have to trust in what I've learned. Um, you know, we had a night, we had a great business plan. We had great people around us. Uh, and, and I, you know, I had to trust that we, and we had a great idea and a vision for the company that, that we could bring this thing and really impact the millions and millions of people that we want to impact through the, through, through our organization. And so, so that that was um, but it was I would be lying if I if I said it wasn't scary. You know, it was definitely scary. I mean, you, you, you leave the comfort of a really safe, successful career to do this. But I tell you what, the reward has been great. The people that I mean, just look, look, look at the podcast I'm on. Right. The people that I interact with 
on a on a on a day to day basis. You know, we've provided jobs and and opportunities, and I've been able to pour into not only our own people uh, through through uh, leadership, but but also the companies that we work with too as well. So, um, but yeah, it was scary. There's no question. We we're a group of three non traditionalists here. I think every single one of us has our story about you know, walking away from something that we know and learned and, and right. were very comfortable at, you know, David, with your transition from, you know, the finance world to going to work at a hospital, mine from the sports world to coming to work at a hospital. <laughs> so, um, right. You know, DJ, one of the things we'd like to do is we're getting close to the end of our time together um, mm-hmm. is, is highlight really a couple things about you. We have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to our podcast. What's some advice, what's one or two pieces of advice that you would give to someone who's thinking about making that transition that you made or in that, in that, the throes of that startup time, what, what's that motivational staying neutral piece of advice that you can mm-hmm. give them? I, I would tell them, be curious, be, be really, really curious, ask, ask questions and ask for advice from people that, that you respect, trust, um, people that you think you can learn from, uh, that like that, that, that to me, if I could look back on, on my journey as a professional and as an entrepreneur, um, it, it's not, it hasn't been because I've done anything. It's been because I put some really awesome people around me and, and I've gotten some really awesome advice from folks. Um, so just stay curious. The other thing is, and this is something that, uh, one of our investors, you know, she, she'll hand me a stack of books and articles and, and, um, and she, she's really become a, a mentor to me. And recently she gave me a book called Four. And, and, it, and it was, it's, it's about being for your customers, putting them at the center, being for your people, putting them at the center. And I think what can happen um, when you're just starting, I think, it's, I think it's easy to get that, you know, and understand that and, and do it. But as you scale up, you know, sometimes the, the you know, just the, the activeness and, and how your calendar fills up that you, you can start to be more transactional by nature. And, and, and we talk a lot with our company about not being transactional, but being transformational. And, and I think in order to, do, to have transformation, it can't, it, it really can't just be, be about you. You got to be for your people and for your customers. It's got to be it's got to be something that's long-term and, 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 and goes on. It's not a, a transactional one-time thing. And so that, that's the other thing I would, I would tell the audience. Yeah, that, that, that resonates. And it comes all the way back to, to mental preparation and resiliency. It can't be episodic. It's got to be programmatic. So that certainly resonates for us, as does the notion of four. You know, we, we, we're in a mission focused environment in healthcare. We exist and we perform for patients. And yes. um, sometimes we, we lose sight of that. Um, in closing, yes. you've mentioned Trevor, you've mentioned your wife, you've alluded to God. Some of your influences, DJ? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, definitely my faith uh, influences me a lot. Um, when, when I was a kid, we used to we used to have proverbs in in the in the bathroom, <laughs> and I would read I would read through proverbs. But what's funny is and interesting about that proverbs taught me a lot about leadership and how to handle money and how to you know 
how to put the right people around you. And I, I know I, I, my parents, um, they were smart with that. And, and by being intentional about putting that book, uh, the book of Proverbs in, in, in the bathroom. Um, the other thing it taught me about, and I wanted to mention this too, and this kind of ties into the, the question you asked before about somebody that's starting a business is that gratitude has been a big piece of, of how we've built this company on, on our Slack channel. Um, I implemented this when we had four people working with the company, but the very first thing that we do every day is we put what we're thankful for on a gratitude Slack channel. Um, and, and, and when you start out with a heart of, of gratefulness, um, it's amazing how that, that helps set, set forth a, you know, a, a day where you at least have a chance, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so we, we've implemented that. And I know a lot of the companies that we've shared that with, that we work, you know, uh, alongside with have, have also done it. So it's almost like a force multiplier effect with the, with the gratitude piece. So that's something else that's been that's been huge part of um, how how I try to stay how I how I continue to grow, uh, whether it's the, the the people that I put around me, my faith, but also having a heart of gratitude. I love that DJ, and I think it's something that we can certainly all you know learn from and, and try to do on, on an everyday basis. Listen, DJ, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. It's been uh, I hopefully enlightening for our listeners to learn a little bit more about Limitless Minds and the things that you guys are doing. We're really excited about the potential opportunities that we see for you here at University Hospitals as we continue our conversations. Um, Thank just you. out to our listeners, we have some exciting things coming up in the Ventures portfolio. Uh, we're going to be uh, formalizing the, the end of our first class of our four-year accelerator. We're excited to report out about that at the end of the year. We're going to be at John Carroll University uh, tomorrow night for another med tech event uh, with some great partners, both from here in the States as well as in Israel. Um, and we really, really are deeply indebted to everyone who listens and participates in the podcast. We are looking forward to bringing you a great schedule for 2023. So David and I will look forward to catching up with you on our year in review. And again, DJ, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. It's been an, a, a privilege and an honor. Thank you. Thank you.